Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. What my guest has to say about what she just heard, Mr. Singh say. So we're at uh, the invoking of the Emergencies Act, and as you know, the Public Order Emergencies Commission hearings are taking place, and the Canadian Civil Liberties Association has not heard enough to justify the invoking of the EA. Kara Zweibel is the director of the Fundamental Freedoms Program of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, and she joins us. Ms. Weibel, thank you very much for taking the time. You just heard Mr. Singh and what he had to say. How do you react to that? I'm surprised, I guess, to hear that. I think that, um, I mean, certainly there were, you know, we've been hearing this, and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who was paying attention in February that um, residents and businesses in Ottawa were, in Ottawa in particular, were very seriously impacted by the, uh, you know, by by the protests and the, you know, occupation that was happening uh, in Ottawa. But, um, but, but I, you know, I, I think it was, it was pretty clear. And I mean, I think we'll hear more about this as the commission goes on, because uh, in, in a few weeks, I think we will start hearing from some of the protesters and the convoy organizers. Um, but I think they very much were trying to communicate something to the federal government. Um, you know, it's, uh, certainly there was people there with lots of different agendas and lots of different issues. Um, but a large number of people were, were you know, protesting um, vaccination mandates. Um, and, you know, in general, sort of some of the public health restrictions that we had been living under for, for an extended period of time. Uh, would you assess for us then overall what you heard this past week at the Public Order Emergencies Commission hearings and what what caught your attention most? Um, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things going on at the commission. I think that, um, you know, first of all, we're hearing about the, the level of a chaos, really, that, um, you know, was, was going on within the Ottawa Police Service, within the city of Ottawa, um, uh, you know, about attempts to get provincial engagement in Ontario, which seem, would seem to not really happen, at least not until, um, you know, uh, the Ambassador Bridge became blockaded. Um, I, I think the one of the most interesting and significant things, I guess, from my perspective as someone who's interested in you know, the, the right to protest and how we think about the right to protest in, in a democracy um, is is actually how many of the police witnesses that have testified have talked about um, the importance of really facilitating protest. I mean, they they obviously, you know, realized at some point that the, the way in which the protesters were choosing to protest was disruptive and harmful and, and uh, in some cases, you know, harassing residents and assaulting residents, and that was not acceptable. But um, they started off with a mindset very much around, you know, individuals in Canada have the right to protest. We need to facilitate their right to do so in a way that's safe and, and that balances, you know, public safety and public order more generally. And over and over again, we've heard witnesses from uh, the police talk about the importance of these public liaison teams, which are police officers that are really there to sort of engage directly with protest organizers and try to negotiate and work with them and and really ideally facilitate the right to protest. You know, you know, I'd be very curious to talk to protesters, particularly protesters um, 
who are not the ones that were in Ottawa, but protesters like Indigenous protesters and land protectors, um, you know, uh, the, the, some of the, the racialized communities that have come out and protested and, and see if they've also had this kind of very positive attempt to engage by police. But, uh, you know, a lot of the police and witnesses have talked about sort of trying to allow people to protest in a way that is... Yeah, well, we didn't hear from the Ontario Provincial Police. We didn't hear that they said, they didn't certainly feel, or their intelligence unit, representative of their intelligence unit, didn't see uh, the reason for the invoking of the Emergencies Act. It, to them, it wasn't a, a national emergency at that particular, an insurrection at that scale, at that level. As you said, there's we're going yeah. to be hearing from other people, but so far... You know, the the EA um, representing, or at least succeeding, the War Measures Act, that's the nuclear option for Parliament. And as we understand it, the nation is has to be under very direct threat in order for this Emergencies Act to be invoked. And we're not hearing that. No, no, we're not. We're not hearing uh, sort of about, you know, threats to national security. Uh, we're not really hearing about, um, you know, this, this sort of... Uh, the, the OP, one of the OPP witnesses in particular talked about sort of the narrative around, you know, extremists, that this was a, a, a protest largely driven by extremists and um, it, the intelligence that the OPP had. So that, that, that was not supported by their intelligence. So what we're seeing is what we're hearing is the Ontario, uh, the Ottawa Police Service was the one that seemed to be um, you know, out of step with itself. And, uh, and, and so the policing of this situation, laws, the policing laws, policing legislation would have, or regulations would have allowed them to take care of the situation. And we also don't see, we didn't see, you tell me if I'm correct about this, but I don't think we saw the kind of interforce cooperation, which might have made the situation far more doable as far as policing is concerned. We're talking RCMP, OPP, and OPS. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is that it's, I think eventually that did happen, but it took much too long. Well, yeah, that's I think. The word is eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, and and it's hard to know. Also, you know, there's um, there's things going on at the policing level. There's things going on at the political levels, and it's hard to know how those things are interfacing. So, I think it'll be interesting to hear more about that from from witnesses that are to come. Um, mm. We we this week, along with some other groups that are participating in the uh, commission. Uh, you know, raised with the commission the need to probably hear from uh, Premier Ford. and so Well, that's what you want, right? I just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is yeah. something that you want, and I saw your news release, mm-hmm. uh, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association news release from October 20th. Premier Ford must testify, and so must the Solicitor, Solicitor General. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the evidence that we've been hearing is really that they were uh, not interested in talking about how the, the province might be able to assist Ottawa, that Ottawa was, you know, looking for assistance, was trying to get information from the province. Is there something you can do about, you know, these are commercial vehicles that some of which, many of which are registered in Ontario. Can you take some action with the commercial vehicle registration? Is there anything insurance wise you can help us with to try and, you know, convey to, to some of these people that they need to leave? Um, and, at least so far, mostly what we've heard is that the provincial, at the political level, they were not interested in engaging. They said this is a police matter and, you know, the, the police need yeah. to work it out. I have one, one more question for you. Is there any way, this may not be a fair question, just tell me so if, if you don't think it is. <laughs> is there any way that you can imagine yet to be heard testimony? perhaps by the Prime Minister, will convince the CCLA, your organization, 
that invoking the Emergencies Act was necessary and that Canada's governance was in absolute peril. Based on what you've heard so far, can you see a persuasive argument? Um, it, it, it's hard. Uh, I guess it's hard to imagine. I mean, one of the things I think that, you know, obviously there's in, going to be intelligence and um potentially national security information that we will probably not get access to. Um, there's certainly, you know, documents that that are um, are going to be before the commission that will be redacted, have been redacted by government for various reasons. Um, but really, I mean, one of the most significant things about this, this whole thing is that under the Emergencies Act, the federal government, when they declare an emergency, they have to lay out their reasons for doing so and, and put that before Parliament so that Parliament can vote on it. And we have those reasons. We have a, a document where they lay it out. And, you know, in my view, there's nothing in that document that really says that that the threshold that the Emergencies Act sets was was met. There were certainly serious economic consequences there were concerns about, you know, more more protests to come and more potential blockades. Yeah, but, but given what we faced and given the reality, there, there was no reason, and I'm speaking for myself now as a Canadian citizen watching what's going on, mm-hmm. for the invoking of the emergencies. I also have another point that I want to just raise with you in passing, and I tweeted about this. I actually didn't tell what but the point was. But I, if you have an insurrection... And the insurrection is threatening the survival of government and the survival of, of, of public order and governance in a country. That insurrection isn't going to disappear in a couple of days because you invoke the Emergencies Act. If it were that severe, I would have expected the situation to just become worse, regardless of what the government did. But it, it filtered out. It yeah. went away. Yeah, no, I, I think that it, um, you know, I don't think there's any good uh, intelligence that suggests that, that this was a, an attempt to violently overthrow the government. Um, there, there were certainly people who wanted, you know, a change in government. Uh, they wanted I'm speaking to generically, to though, if you're, going to, yeah. if you're going to invoke the Emergencies Act, the, the country has to be in peril. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the imperilers, if there is such a word, are not going to fade away in a couple of days just because a government invokes uh, even an emergencies act. If they are that determined to overthrow or, 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 or you know, take down a government, it's not going to go away in a couple of days. Yeah. This is, this is, I think this is core and fundamental to the question. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it'll be really interesting to hear... Um, you know, to hear from some of the people involved in the convoy, yes. some of the people that were, were yes. organizing to hear what they have to say. Because I think, you know, we got a, um, depending on the type of media that you consume, you may have had a particular idea about, um, you know, about who the protesters were. And I think there's probably a lot more variation than we, than we realize. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.